Hello and welcome to the Back in Business podcast summer season. Uh, I'm Chris Pong, Chair of Back in Business, and I'm also Chair of the Financial Inclusion Commission, so I'm particularly interested in listening to this discussion about inclusive entrepreneurship. I'm this week's guest podcast chair. My fellow podcaster this week is businessman Mark Esho, who runs Easy Internet Services and Easy Internet Solutions. And we're also talking to Dr. Lisa Cameron of the SMP, who's MP for East Kilbride, Strathaven, and you're going to tell me I've got this wrong, Lisa, Les Mahago, and Chair of the Newly Creation. Have I got that wrong? Well, almost. You were, you were very nearly correct. It's Les Mahigo, so it was a great first. Les Mahigo. Oh, that's, that's good. I, I checked out with, with my wife, who's got Scottish roots, and she wasn't sure either. Um, and uh, Lisa is also Chair of the Newly Created All-Party Parliamentary Group on Inclusive Entrepreneurship. Now, we've got a slightly different format over the summer. The business owner gets to talk to the MP. Um, and in this discussion, as I've said, it's about inclusivity and the challenges for entrepreneurs who have a disability or are from a minority ethnic background um, or have other um, challenges. And as chair of this discussion, my only role is to make sure they don't wander too far off the subject. But the main, um, uh, the main party today is to hear the business person talking to the parliamentarian. Now, just a little bit of background, new all-party parliamentary group. Um, such groups are there to gather information. They're not policy-making bodies, are they, Lisa? But they uh, can help make recommendations on policy, which can often be influential. And it brings together parliamentarians, both the laws and the commons, together with interested groups and individuals to discuss how best to make progress and to lobby for change. So with that background, Lisa, could um, I ask you first about that all-party parliamentary group on inclusive entrepreneurship? Um, You've set it up, you're chairing it. Your vice chairs include Baroness Tanya Gray-Thompson, the Paralympian and Craig Tracy MP. Can you start us off by telling, telling us why you set it up and what made you aspire to chair it? Yes, thank you so much for having me this morning. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be a really inspiring group um, which has a key focus on inclusive entrepreneurship, as has been said. Um, I'm vice chair of the entrepreneurship all-party group in parliament and I've also been chairing the disability all-party parliamentary group since 2015 and there's been a feeling for a long time in parliament um, that when it comes to particularly um, the narrative on um, persons with disabilities that it's been very much focused on the department for work and pensions and um, seeing people in one particular narrative, which is um, as employees. And we want to shift that. We want to look at people's full potential and we want to make sure that there is um, a focus and a forum in Parliament uh, whereby people with protected characteristics and um, we're starting with um, disability, that uh, we have a full, a full um, narrative and support Support, um, across party as you said uh, so that people can enter into the business world can have um, supports with the challenges that that brings and also can have extremely successful businesses and become employers as well as employees so we want to really shift that narrative which is far too uh, narrow and prescriptive and make sure that people from across the UK achieve their full potential and that uh, parliament's way behind that. Well, more, more strength to your elbow on that. And, and Mark, I mean, your, your story is a pretty inspiring one. Um, 
you faced a few challenges. Just tell us a bit about, uh, about your, your business and indeed some of the, the challenges you face getting to where you are. Well, well I started business in 1999. Um, as a child, I had polio. So I was initially paralyzed from the neck down. I partially recovered and um, I've got a degree, master's degree. And um, I managed to secure my uh, first job after many hurdles <laughs> because it's very hard to get a job as a black and disabled person. Uh, but lo and behold, um, <clears throat> several years later, I started to become ill. I became ill with the late effects of polio. And um, as a result, I had to leave my job. So I was then looking, okay, which direction do I go? And I decided, okay, the internet's a hobby. And that's when I set up my first business. So I set up my first business in 1999. It was called housesonline.com. Uh, I put all my money into it and the business failed because it was way before its time. It was very much a right move sort of um, website. Uh, and then I was essentially then looking, okay, what do I do next? How do I promote this? And um, I started to look into SEO, which is search engine optimization. Um, I taught myself search engine optimization. I then set up my first company in, in, in late 2000. Uh, I was then actually, I went to the bank, asked for the bank for some money. But the, it, it was a big fat no. There was a, essentially no support network. Uh, surprise, surprise. And um, I was then basically thinking, okay, what do I do now? I couldn't go out to, to pitch for business because of my condition. Uh, I was essentially uh, housebound at that stage. So I hadn't learned or developed skills to cope with my, uh, with my with the onset of uh, post-polio syndrome. So I approached four companies and I said to them, uh, I can get you to the top of the search engines, but don't give me any money. All I want is, is a testimonial. Uh, so within three, four months, I managed to get them to the top of the search engines. By then, I was actually just, I was using like, my last credit card as working capital. Uh, so I always say to people that I, I set up a, my business on a credit card. And um, equipped with those results, I then uh, um, 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 sorry, contacted another uh, four businesses and said to them, I'll get you to the top of the search engines, but this time only pay me when I get results. And essentially that's how the, that's how the story is, how I scaled up my, uh, my first company. I've worked for the likes of Avro Guardian, uh, Amstrad, uh, I've, I've worked for some big brands. Uh, then in 2004, I saw another gap in the market for free web hosting. So we're, we're the largest free web hosting provider under the name of so my other company, Easy Internet Solutions. And um, yeah, that's now scaled up as well. Uh, I've got over 100,000 customers on that, and that's based in Bournemouth. So that's the so, so my latest venture, as you can see, probably can see behind me, is a social enterprise called Access Rating. And um, with Access Rating, we've developed an app which allows disabled people to submit um, uh, disabled access reviews on over 200,000 bars, hotels and restaurants across the country. Uh, as of today, we're going to be uh, uploading a, a new version which now includes shops, um, uh, sports venues, um, music venues and also airports. That's me. And I imagine that's going to be tremendously useful for so, so many people. And the, the, the story you tell about using your personal credit card yes. to try to get the business started is such a common story, isn't it, for so many small businesses. And inevitably, with the pandemic and the implications that's going to have for employment, we are going to have a big rise in unemployment. There's no way uh, around that. 
a disproportionate number of the people affected are going to be those with protected characteristics, with, yes. you know, the, as, as we all know. And many of those will want to turn, perhaps, to self-employment and to setting up a small business, and my, my daughter happens to be one of them, um, a, as a way, in a sense, of becoming independent and building a, you know, a, a, a decent career for themselves. So from each of you, what, what do you think the barriers are? Just to start this conversation going, on the one side, there's the policy issues, which maybe Lisa will want to focus more on. On the other side, there's the practical issues, some, some really practical solutions that uh, we might be, some advice we can give people thinking about going down that route. Can I start first? Yes. Please. Okay, well, well, for me, I think a lot of it's going to, uh, first of all, it's going to come down to confidence um, because, you know, basically confidence to actually try to actually go out there and to, and to develop the business. That's, that's going to be first of all. Also, again, you know, not having that support network. Um, you know, one thing that we haven't got um, in the UK, not that I've seen anyway, is a, is, is a strong and um, is a strong disabled uh, entrepreneurs network. Um, and basically also mentors as well. And, um, and, and, and I know a lot of people come to me and actually say, oh, you know, I want to go into business, but, you, you know, where do I turn to? What do I do? Um, you know, can you, can you support me? Yes, I can support you, but I really can support so many people. And then the other thing that then comes down to, to actually finance and also, you know, okay, where do I attract money? Um, then obviously equipment and having the right equipment at work, but a lot of people actually don't realise that they can actually contact access to work. Um, you, you know, there's some help there as well. Um, so it's for me, the, the biggest challenge that I think a lot of disabled people are, are going to find is going to be information. Where do I source that information? Where do I get that help from? Right. And Lisa, that's some very good practical stuff there. But Lisa, in terms of the, the policy stuff as well, I mean, you've you recently had a great success with um, persuading uh, the Prime Minister to address um, some of the disability issues in relation to government's response to the pandemic but in in terms of what policy changes you think are necessary to help people make that journey into self-employment and setting up their own businesses yeah um well there's there's quite a number of areas that we've started to look at um access to work seems to be a massive secret not so many people know about it how do we get that information across um how do we um ensure that that government um properly advertises um the benefits of access to work and um the, the support that's that's already available in the first instance. Um, we've also had um, some discussions and I've asked questions of Treasury regarding access to finance because there seems to be particular barriers for people um, with protected characteristics, particularly those with disabilities in terms of accessing finance, um, in terms of startup and in terms of scale up as well um, of businesses. What we're looking to do through the all-party parliamentary group is to support um, uh, the development of a mentoring network as well um, and link uh, those who wish to to join uh, the group and uh, to you know to start small businesses we want to have a mechanism whereby we can link with perhaps CEOs of companies or those who already have protected characteristics and have already faced many of the challenges that are out there um, so that there is a support network um, because people have been saying that 
they feel very isolated um, and without um, adequate uh, support through the different stages. And, and I think uh, what's invaluable is someone who's already been through uh, those stages of starting a business, some of the difficulties that most people experience, um, and also then thinking about how to take the business from a small business to the, to the next stage. So we want to try and, and really address some of those issues um, over the longer term with the all-party parliamentary group. Um, and also, of course, to bring people's experience to Parliament so that we can develop policy based upon the reality of what happens in the business world and, and what the real challenges are. So we're fortunate that um, we have um, support in the Secretariat Jacqueline Stanley of Universal Inclusion and we're going to be looking at research as well and um, an inquiry report into uh, the real challenges that people face so that we can make those recommendations in terms of policy for government going forward. Thanks, that, that's very helpful. Well this is very much a conversation between the two of you um, and I'm assuming Lisa you will be in touch with with Mark about um, the mentoring uh, to see if uh, Mark might have capacity to help in in that respect, but Mark, what else? What else would you like to um, uh, to raise with Lisa as the parliamentarian, the, the person closest to, to policy on this? Well, for me, um, if because um, <clears throat> obviously a lot of people, obviously now with COVID, everyone's stuck at home, and um, she said there's going to be a large amount of redundancies. And it's going to, it's, you know, and it's actually going to be impact on a lot of disabled people. And I was just wondering, at least, uh, will it be possible to set up some kind of um, uh, e-learning system uh, for disabled people actually wanting to actually go into work, uh, whereby um, you, you know they'll show tips and techniques and tactics to actually evaluate what sort of business they're actually going to go into. And, um, and, and I think some, some sort of e-learning um, would actually be a, a very um, 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 actually good step uh, to actually get into business. I think that's exactly why we need you involved at the core, core of the all-party parliamentary group. I think that's a fantastic idea and it's definitely something that we can take forward and raise with business ministers. Um, and I have to say when I have um, and I've, I've asked so many questions about um, business, entrepreneurship, disability and, and protected characteristics in the House of Commons. But I've always, ha always had such a positive response um, that it's something that, that government really want to champion and harness. And I think there's a real cross-party will to, to make that happen. Um, so, you know, I, I think an e-learning um, app or something that where people can access from their home um, would be obviously a, a really good technological way of progressing things, particularly in you know the midst of the pandemic, but also for the future and for you know for those with mobility issues. Um, that's going to be key. So that's why we need these suggestions from uh, those who have really uh, been involved in setting up their own small businesses um, and uh, knowing what is needed on the front line, I think, to make it successful and make it happen. Uh, so please, yes, um, keep in touch with me and we'll be in touch with the Minister to, to look at those issues and take them forward. Okay, fantastic. Excellent, excellent idea, Mark. And, and Obviously, during the, the, the lockdown, so many of us have started having meetings like this rather than face-to-face. -face. As an extension of Mark's suggestion on e-learning, will, will the APPG be conducting 
um, it's sessions virtually in, in many cases because obviously trying to slip up to Westminster will be a challenge for a lot of people, not only with disabilities, but just in terms of cost and the practicality of it all. Are you going to be able to do much of this um, online and digitally? Absolutely, that, that's what I hope for and, and it's something that I'm, I'm going to be um, raising with the Speaker of the House of Commons um, going forward. We actually found um, through the pandemic having our all part of parliamentary disability group online meant that people from right across the United Kingdom um, much more so could engage and so yes we want to have meet our meetings in parliament when that's safe and when restrictions allow in, in the future but I think to have a hybrid um, situation where we also use technology and make sure that the meetings of parliament are inclusive themselves and uh, those who can't perhaps travel for whatever reason um, are able to be involved uh, is is really essential moving forward um you know particularly for this group and also for the ADPG disability so that's something that i want to have a slight change in in the mechanism uh, of the ADPGs going forward in terms of uh, being able to have that hybrid setup yeah it's invaluable mm. And it's not just disability, is it? I mean, we, are there similar challenges um, which are faced by people from the AME community? Yes. Um, Mark, you responded very quickly to that. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the, 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 I think um, one of the challenges that the, that the AME um, community got is, again, is the lack of mentors and um, uh, to a certain extent, and also that issue of perception as well. Um, you know, that doesn't help in business, um, thinking that, okay, um, you, you, you know, that, again, it's that negative perception that some people can have actually doesn't help with businesses. And that's why, um, you know, there's this big uh, move at the moment towards the black pound, uh, whereby they're kind of encouraging um, uh, black people and, you know, people in the AME community to actually buy, actually buy from each other. Uh, but it comes back to the, again, comes back to the whole issue is actually that lack of information, um, actually um, lack, lack of access to finance, um, you know, lack of um, access to experts as well, because sometimes you kind of need that, you know, you need certain experts in certain fields. And, um, and what we still haven't seen, that I haven't seen anyway, is a really good coordinated group of, um, of you know, of BME um, um, professionals actually looking to support and help, um, basically to help and develop um, other people and actually within those ethnic groups. Okay. And so are we seeing a move towards, if you like, positive discrimination whereby when people are setting up businesses which become successful, yes. um, they, they do reach out for people who have similar characteristics themselves, whether it be a disability or... That's, that's a good question. I've, I've, I've actually been very guilty of that. I've, I've often chosen a disabled person over an able-bodied person, uh, rightly or wrongly, um, because, you know, that there are arguments for and against positive discrimination, uh, but sometimes I think it's important to give someone a chance and to give them a helping hand. Just because you give someone a chance doesn't necessarily mean you're giving preferential treatment. All you're doing is giving them a chance to say, okay, prove yourself. And that's something I've actually done with some of the people that I've actually employed. Uh, it hasn't always worked, 
um, but in majority of cases, it's been it's been um, they've actually added quite a lot of value to my company, and uh, and, and 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 also they've moved on. I, I know a couple of couple of them actually moved on to set up their own businesses now, uh, but most importantly, is giving them that confidence. What a lot of disabled people lack is confidence because they keep on getting knocked down, knocked down, always knocked down, and and, and as a result, it kind of um, erodes your your confidence, your self esteem. And by giving someone a job, like for instance, when I got my first job. I was, you know, I was always the first one in and last one out because I was just so happy to have a job, <laughs> you know. And um, and 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 it's because of that, and 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 I think people are just just need that platform, you know, just give someone a chance and um, and let them prove what they can do. Yeah, I mean, we we certainly um, find that with the ambitious about autism program that right. um, very often, very often people on the autistic spectrum yes. are the best, the most reliable employees because first of all you know, they're, they're pleased to have a job um but also just because of the way that they you know their their brain is wired but you know this is um but they have to get the ch they have to get the chances and getting the chances uh, and, and i completely agree i can give you an example i did chat with asperger's um i was in contact with them via a a, a platform um, where you can source freelancers called People Per Hour, and he's been working for me for about six months. And I said to him one day, I said, Charles, you know, you're really talented. Why haven't you actually just got a proper job? Why are you just doing, you know? And he's actually said to me, he said, well, I've got Asperger's. I actually never knew you had Asperger's. And, and, and I said, okay, so how does that affect you? He said, I, I can't go for interviews. I just completely freeze. And I go to bits at interviews. And um, yeah, I ended up employing him. Mm. So, yes, it, it, it was with my company for about 18 months before I moved on. Yeah. yeah my daughter, as Asperger's, was in, interviewed by one uh, potential employer, along with 11 other people at the same time, uh, who were not on the autistic spectrum. You can imagine, she just yeah. froze. She just, you know, dive-bombed that, that interview. Um, one of the things um, that we're doing in Parliament as well, because I've always felt that, you know, rather than just talking the talk, Parliament should also be, um, you know, a place of inclusion and opportunity is um, I've worked with both speakers now and uh, a couple of years ago we developed the speakers an internship scheme for people with disabilities um, and uh, every year now um, we have um, two to three places where um, individuals can apply, uh, come into Parliament uh, for a paid internship of a 10 month period. Um, and it's entirely cross party. So they'll be placed with um, you know, MPs from different parties for those 10 months and gain experience and knowledge of working in Parliament, which is great for young people who um, perhaps have disabilities, um, who um, maybe have autism who wouldn't um, you know necessarily have those opportunities um, you know otherwise um, but every single case so far that we've had um, of those who have come in to do the internship has got, have gone on to employment and I think it's exactly as you've been saying it's about ensuring that people have those opportunities and, and I'm pleased that, that that's now a permanent programme our new speaker um, has also championed it and so you know it will be taken ahead every year um, but it, it's really important because I think for parliamentarians to say well yes employers must give people opportunities 
but we should also be giving people opportunities, um, you know, in our offices, in Parliament, making sure uh, that Parliament itself can be a role model in terms of inclusion. And it's not just about seeing what others should do, but we should take those um, values and principles into our work as well um, in, you know, everyday life in the House of Commons. So, um, so that's something that, that I think is helping. But in terms of what you said as well about um, black and minority ethnic, um, individuals having um, additional hurdles. Um, I had actually uh, been speaking to a number of people who had told me that sometimes even when they do get an opportunity, they feel they're the only person in the room. Uh, and, you know, it, it, we, what we need is to get by that feeling of perhaps tokenism at, at, at times and to make sure that, that inclusion is actually everyday life and, it, and it's the norm in our society and that everyone has those opportunities to reach their potential and that, and that that's what the UK stands for, I think. And, and that's you know what we, we need to um, make sure we champion in Parliament and do everything that we can to, to make that actually happen not just talking about it which we're good at talking as everyone knows but we need to put these things into action and that's why this is going to be a great APPG with partnership with business because I know I get that enthusiasm when when I reach out and speak to those in business um, from all different backgrounds that, that you're there and, and you've walked the walk and, you, and you've put things into action and, and we need that partnership to, to things ahead and, and achieve success. Okay, well, Lisa, you've, you've got Mark here. Um, great opportunity to uh, ask him uh, how he can help you and the work of the APPG, what, what the practical lessons. And similarly, Mark, in a, in a moment, um, you can tell Lisa how she can help you. So, Lisa, first of all, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's been invaluable to meet with you this morning, Mark, um, and to hear your account of the difficulties you face. But that's exactly what we want to happen. We don't want it to be about parliamentarians coming together and chatting about what we think um, has to happen to make um, policy that, that's going to be uh, fundamentally helpful to people. We want to have, um, you know, yourself, Mark, and involved in the core of the APPG for inclusive entrepreneurship so that, and, and, and others like you, um, so that we can actually learn what's going to be meaningful for people moving forward, what the policy changes that are actually going to be most beneficial um, are that we need to work on and so that we have the correct focus for this group going forward. And I always find that, you know, um, Parliament is that, that learning curve and that, that we're, we're not there to say um, because we know lots of things, we're there to learn from the people who know to make sure that the policy is effective. So I think having you involved, um, but not just for today, but for the long term would, would be fantastic. So try and get your commitment for that today, Mark. <laughs> I'm now putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, 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 I'd absolutely love to. I'd, 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 you know, it's, it's something I'm actually very passionate about. So anything I can do to help, yes, absolutely. Okay, Mark, so that's, that's how you can uh, help Lisa. How can she help you? Well, well I've always been very passionate about uh, employing disabled people, either employing disabled people or actually getting um, disabled people into business and um, being a key supporter of the Disability Confident campaign since it launched in 2013. Uh, but as a small businesses, as, as well as we are small businesses with very limited resources, there's very, um, there's only so many um, people that we can bring into the organisation. You know, we've just recently employed a lady, a, 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 a um, marketing executive, 
Uh, she was partly funded by the Leicester Employment Hub, but, but it was only 25%. We had to bear the burden of the 75%. Uh, but I took an informed decision based on obviously having seen her, having interviewed that, that I knew she needed a chance and she needed that support. And, um, and although she didn't add that, that much value to the organisation, um, within those six months, because it's a very short period of time, um, I still took on the financial burden of doing that. Uh, it would be great, Lisa, if there were schemes whereby the government could at least fund 50% or over 100% of that to dedicated employers who were basically passionate about helping disabled people. We're not talking about organisations that just want to pay lip service uh, or organisations that just want to exploit disabled people and actually use them as, 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 as cheap labour. I'm talking about companies like ourselves. And, and, and that then leads on to when we set up um, Access Rating um, as a social enterprise, we did not want to set it up as a commercial company. We wanted to set it up in such a way whereby whatever money we make then goes back into the community. So one of the things that we started to do already is that we're working with Ashfield School. I went to Ashfield uh, initially just for one year, with, uh, which is a special needs school. Uh, it's a long story, but back in the day, uh, also, also in any world with disabilities, actual to my centre, especially in new school. And, um, and and what we've done there is we've actually set up a uh, a job placement and a, uh, a, a, sorry, a a job coaching and work placement scheme. Uh, we set up an area actually within the actual uh, school itself, whereby the children actually feel they're actually going to work. Part of the work that they're doing is actually helping um, validate some of the data that we've got on access rating. So that's part of the things, some of the things that they've been going down the line is that they're going to be going around actually, we're going to coach them how to do access audit. So that's, you know, that's an awesome skill. Uh, but also within our roadmap, we want to have it a entrepreneurship program as well, whereby we're actually teaching some of these um, uh, children how to become entrepreneurs and to be self-sufficient actually down the line. Excellent. Lisa, can you help promote some of those ideas? Absolutely. I, I think those are fantastic. And I, I think you've really, um, you know, hit an important point. Um, disability confident has taken us so far. Um, but, you know, you can actually reach the highest level in disability confident without employing anybody who has a disability. Um, so what we want to see is actually fundamental change. So we need to look at, you know, what other policies have to be brought into play to help employers to make that next step, whether it's some financial support or whether it's, um, you know, the mentoring we've spoken about, whether or not it's, it's about um, government sort of reviewing uh, disability confident and, and looking at how we can enhance it. Um, that's something that, that I think is really important going forward. And for young people as well, from all different backgrounds, um, I think it, it's really key that, that we also, as an all-party group, uh, reach into schools and, and what schools are able to offer because I think as you know right across the United Kingdom and I speak for myself personally too I know when I was at school um, if I had said I want to start my own business there wouldn't have been the necessary support and um, expertise to help me um, you know even think about that for a longer term goal so I think um, you know that sort of perpetuates inequality it tends to be if your family have run businesses then you maybe have that support naturally but for those of us coming from um, you know I came from a very working class background um, single parent household that 
just wasn't there. So I think we need to harness the potential of uh, everybody in our society from all different backgrounds to make sure that right from the get-go in schools as well, there's education and finance, but also in um, the confidence given and, and, and the, the real support to be able to go and start a business if you have the skills and potential to do that. Let's harness that right across the United Kingdom. Can I also add to that in terms of, um, you know, I think what you say is absolutely 100% right. I think at the moment there's a lot of encouragement for disabled people to actually go into sport, to actually be Paralympians. Uh, but, but, but you know, there's that that in the games and very, very competitive sector, also service business as well. I think there needs to be a lot more encouragement in actually encouraging disabled people to actually go into business, to actually be self-sufficient themselves. And that is not there at the moment. Um, I think um, they glamorise. Okay, so it's, it's all great. Some of the sports people are actually glamorised, and, and you know, and you know, and they fulfil a very important role. Uh, but I think um, if um, more encouragement and support was actually went in to help disabled people into business, um, you know, I think the long-term benefits of that would actually be actually quite substantial for the for the economy as well. Absolutely. I think the, the economic impact and benefit is something that government should also be looking at. Um, because if you harness everyone's potential, then surely that's going to boost the economy. And particularly post-COVID, we're going to have to look at really innovative ways of doing that. And harnessing everyone's potential in society, I think, is going to be absolutely key moving forward. Well, very powerful points on which I think to end uh, what has been a fantastic discussion and thank you both. You're both an inspiration in different ways and all, all strength to your elbow with the All-Party Parliamentary Group, uh, Lisa, and with your new initiative, Mark uh, Access Rating, which I'm sure is going to be tremendously useful and a, a great success as well. We're back in business. We'd be delighted to work with both of you um, to help take forward your agendas and it just leaves me to, to thank uh, Dr. Lisa Cameron, MP, and Mark Esho uh, for a fantastic discussion. And we'll look forward to working with you both in the future. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Back in Business. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>